This is LifeLinks with a DL link. To the DL Link Show on 101.9 Chai FM, the show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. I am Nikki Zeberini, and I am with you until one o'clock today. And I don't know about you, and maybe I'm just such an optimist, but have you felt a little bit of summer in the air? Is there that that feeling on the other side of cold that 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 I'm that I'm talking about? And when I was driving here, actually, and I was looking at all of these bare trees these beautiful trees that we have all over Johannesburg, I started to notice a few green buds. And, you know, that makes me very happy. It makes my heart sore. Always good to know that seasons are changing, especially when it's nearing the end of winter and the beginning of summer. So, wow, once again, um, a great show lined up for you. You know, last week we we spoke about transformation and um, on the other side of transformation. And I thought to Today, we would look at a theme of, it's always nice to look at the guests that we have coming onto the show, a theme on kind of being yourself, finding yourself, what what experience gives you, and when you are yourself, how to make the most of yourself in this world, um, and really getting to know yourself. So we have three incredible guests who will be joining us during this next hour. Um, first of all, we're going to be starting off with Mark Pilgrim. I have had him on the show before. We love having Mark on the show. You know, he is such a warrior. He is celebrating a very, very important anniversary, which he will mention when we have him um, on the line. Um, and you know Mark Pilgrim is the, the media personality. You know, he's been on TV and he has many radio shows. He's a motivational speaker, columnist. Um, and so we're going to be chatting to Mark and just catch up and see what he's up to and what his life's looking like at the moment. Um, um, then Robin Wheeler is going to be talking to us, and he teaches people how to do, um, how to to live um, and 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 be yourself, and and make a, a life out of being yourself. And he's written an incredible book, and he's also going to be sharing his story with us. And he has not announced the title of the book, but we've decided today, which I'm very excited about. Today will be the announcement. So Robin, we're looking forward to hearing about that, and also looking at being yourself, and and. Why what does that mean? And then Bev Dutoy, um, who is our warrior, she is our angel as well. She's going to be coming onto the show. Wow, she also does incredible things in terms of what she does with the DL Link, helping cancer warriors and also going out there and helping people with workshops and, and talks. Um, and Bev will be talking to that as well because she also has found herself through her, um, her cancer journey. So that is what we have to look forward to. So I hope that you are ready for for an hour of inspiration and illumination. Um, I'm going to introduce Mark. I do hope we have him on the line. I know he's just finished his radio show. Mark Pilgrim, welcome. Great to have you back on the show. Uh, Nikki, I can hardly hear you, but uh, hi. Lip read, Mark. Can you lip read? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the sign language <laughs> right now from 50Ks away. <laughs> how, how was your show, by the way? From one show to another. You, you know how to do it, right? Well, that's the way it works. I've just finished my show. I do uh, 9 to 12. I do brunch six days a week on uh, another station. And I've just come off air and uh, now chatting to you. So looking forward to the conversation. Listen, and you're finding, sounding so energetic. Um, hard to believe you've been on for three hours and you still have all of this energy. So i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a full 30 seconds to relax while we break for ads. And we'll be back, Mark. So stay right where you are. 
This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Walking with Warriors. Well, if you've just tuned in, welcome. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. I have Mark Pilgrim on the line. Mark, thank you so much for staying with us. Um, I know that you, you know, we love having you on the show. It's always really, really a great pleasure. And you have had a huge celebration. There's been a very big anniversary um, which has taken place recently. And perhaps you'd like to share that with our audience. Uh, well, first of all, I'd love to have been in the studio with you, but uh, considering I just came off air myself at 12 o'clock. We, we know you can do a lot. Apologies, it's over the phone. You know, you I'm, know, yeah, I, I have a big anniversary. <laughs> uh, I had a wedding anniversary the other day. Are we referring to that? Muzzle tov, but not at all, but muzzle tov. How, how many years have you been married for now, Mark? I have been married 11 years. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And I know but your I, wife, and she is a lovely lady. It. No, it's not. But I'm glad that you shared with us that you've just had a wedding anniversary because that's very romantic. But we're talking about another one, the big 3-0, Mark. The big 3-0. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll push you in the right direction because I've got a picture in front of me of you with a picture saying 30 years you have been a survivor of cancer when you were at, was, was it recently or was it a year ago? Maybe I've just got old information. No, it's actually, well, no, it's 29 years actually. So that, that's why I was a bit confused. I didn't know what the big one was, but <laughs> it was 29 <laughs> years ago that, uh, well, it was 30 years ago I was diagnosed, but okay. hearing that magic word remission was 29 years ago because it was almost a year of chemotherapy I underwent. Wow. So we're, we're almost into the, uh, the the 30 years. Now, you know, that is so hugely inspiring, Mark, because we have so many warriors who come on and they share their stories. And, you know, it's a case of and, and so many of them talking about talk about taking it one day at a time. So you say from from remission, it's been 29 years, 29 years. You were diagnosed at the age of 18 with stage three testicular cancer and it had spread. And here you are 29 years later celebrating your wedding anniversary two beautiful kids studying living your dream that is inspiring well actually there, there is another big anniversary as well because just two weeks ago if not a week and a half ago it was the 10th anniversary of me surviving a heart attack of course oh, so was there's, it there's 10 years ago to, to be happy to be alive i often say if i was a cat i'd have seven lives left <laughs> Mark, that you know, I, I, time has gone very, very fast. It really does feel like yesterday that I heard about your that I heard about your heart attack. And how are you feeling? I mean, how's your health? I'm on top of the world. I've got ten percent of my heart that doesn't beat. It lost its ability to to beat. It's still got blood flow, mm-hmm. but it doesn't pulse. But you know, I, I'm a I'm a stats man by profession, so I take the ninety percent with open arms, and I'm very happy to be alive. Up a couple of pills a day and make sure I still go to gym and eat well. Yeah. And just really don't sweat the small stuff. I know it's a cliche, but don't sweat the small stuff. Embrace life. And I often say to people, no matter how old you get, it's never too late to start chasing your dreams. If you've always wanted to do something, because so often we let life just tick by. Mm. If there's something you've always wanted to do, don't wait until tomorrow. There might not be a tomorrow. Just mm. do it today. If you want to, if you want to play piano, Start those piano lessons, even if you're in your 40s. It's fine. 
Mm, I love that. And also, I love the fact that you, I mean, you always were interested in radio. You talk about having a microphone and going through the neighborhood and um, announcing that people's lost dogs had been found or whatever it is that you used to do. But then you found yourself um, studying industrial psychology and working as a consumer researcher. And it was only, was it, when did you decide? Was it because of the cancer that you decided no, because it couldn't have been because it was eight years. But what, what was it that precipitated the, the idea to put everything aside to pursue your dream and, and get behind the microphone? When I was a youngster back in the early 80s, my word, that was a long time ago. Uh, my baby photos are black and white because of technology, not choice. When I used to listen to Springbok Radio, David Gresham to the top 20, and I used to think, I want to do that one day. And it was only when I went through chemotherapy that I, I hit a... A turning point in my life where I said, if I'm going to survive this, if I'm going to fight this disease, it's because I'm going to chase my dream. Mm. And I always wanted to be on radio, so I just made it one of my missions. It didn't happen overnight. Mm. It took eight years of auditions and many people turning me down. But the highlight of my career has to be, for 10 years, I did a chart show on, on High Salt. Mm. And I won a radio award a couple of years ago for this music show in South Africa. And it was for the chart show. And David Gresham phoned me up and said, I just want to say, well done. Let's go for lunch. And to have someone that I looked up at as a youngster inviting me for lunch and and saying, well done, that's probably the highlight of my radio career. (laughs) I love that story. I really, really do. So it's never too late to pursue a dream. I, I started off the show saying if I had to find a theme, if I had to look at the guests that we have on the show today, um, and Robin talks a lot about um, being yourself. Um, and that's really what it was. It was just you making a decision and saying, you know, my, my true passion is to be on, on radio at that stage. I mean, we know that we go through cycles in life and things could absolutely change, but you chose to be yourself, even if it meant eight years of rejection. Something was pushing you. Something far greater was pushing you, right? I mean, how, how, do, you, how do you deal with eight years of rejection? Well, first of all, I had to pay the bills. So that's how I ended up becoming a market researcher while I was trying to get onto radio because, you know, you still have to uh, pay your bond. Sure, of course so you There do. wasn't even a bond then. It was just the, the monthly rent, rent of a small flat mm. in Hillbrow. <laughs> but if you really truly believe that, that you want to do something, they often say that success is defined as going from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm. And you just have to take it on the chin. If you truly believe that you can do something, you've got to keep at it. Eight years is a long time, though. How did you, how did you keep <laughs> believing in yourself? Eight years is a long time. It is. I often it's tell long. the story that Pick and Pay, a hypermarket in Norwood, even turned me down as an in-store announcer. Oh, no. but really? That's what you have to do. You know, these days on radio, there's a lot more radio stations around now. Mm. You know, back when I was trying to get onto radio, there, there was, you know, High FM wasn't around. There were no community stations. There were no retail stations. There were no online stations. So it was slim pickings. There were four or five stations you could be on, and that was it. It's a little bit easier now, I think, for people. 
Yeah, but um, you know, I suppose it's that industry. But if you, but if you, if you have the dream, you pursue the dream. And if you have the failure, and you realize that you can keep your energy up and still believe in yourself and move on, even if there is another rejection or whatever it is, I think that's a great way to be able to live your life. But many of us are held back because of fear. Maybe because we have to pay the rent, or maybe because we start to believe what other people are telling us that we just aren't good enough. Um, and and it's it's great to be able to talk about this. So maybe someone listening right now who's thought, oh, I'm, I'm just going to throw in the towel, may think twice well, I before think the they do. Well, the important thing is we, we like to think that dreams are, are mutually exclusive, that to do one, you can't do the other. Mm-hmm. And for many people that are doing whatever they're doing now, but they might have another dream, I often say to them, you don't have to suddenly in your mind go, well, I can't do what I'm doing now in order to chase the dream. You can do both at the same time mm. and just prioritize your time and then eventually make a decision if one consumes more time than the other, you know, which, which ship you want to be on. But initially, you don't have to shut off everything you're doing now to have the dream of something else down the line. Mm. Mark, we're going to take a quick break. Please stay with us. I've got an important question to ask you. We'll be right back. Mikolos. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Walking with Warriors. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Nikki Seberini here with you, and we have Mark Pilgrim on the line. Mark, just before the break, I said I have an important question to ask you because I have warriors who talk about living in that space when they know they've got to go for the next scan and how they build themselves up and how they feel about it. Now, you've, we, we're talking 29, nearly 30 years, right? And probably now you only have to go once in a while. Do you still have to go for scans, Mark? Absolutely. You're, you know, the word remission is a wonderful word and probably the sweetest word any cancer survivor will hear. But remission doesn't mean you're cured because it could always come back either in the same form or a different form. So every two years I do go for checkups. And, you know, if I pick up any anomaly in between, if I feel like there's a lump or a swelling of a gland, I go have it checked out. But what I do say to people that are going through chemotherapy at the moment, because chemotherapy for, for many cancer patients is the outer manifestation of the disease. It's the chemo that makes you sick. It's not the cancer. And there are days when you're feeling weak and people are telling you to be strong and fight. And I'm all for that. Mm. But what I also say is it's okay to have a bad day because as a cancer patient, people want you to be strong and fight all the time. But it's like a diet. When you're on that diet Monday to Saturday, you need sometimes that little slice of pizza on a Sunday. To, to bring it all back home, and then on Monday morning, you're strict again. It's okay to have a bad day where you, you, you cry and you feel sorry for yourself and you're feeling weepy. Allow it to happen, but then the next day, you get back on that horse and you, you fight. So give yourself a time to feel sad, to feel mad, to feel glad, and then move on. You've got to acknowledge those emotions. You you have to. You can't deny them. Okay, so how do you, you're married, you've got your two beautiful daughters, every two years you go for a scan, you're feeling for lumps all the time, as you say, because you're in remission. So how do you stay so upbeat? Why haven't you chosen the route of why me? Why did I have the, the, the heart attack as well 10 years ago and I'm so exhausted and now I've got a scan coming up and life's just so tough like what what is that mark how, how come that's not your narrative 
I'm, I am an optimist. Uh, I mean, sometimes I'm a realist, but I, I think I'm quite an optimist. Mm-hmm. Not normally a pessimist, but having said that, listen, there's days I wake up and I'm a, I'm a bit of a grouchy boy uh, until I've had two cups of coffee. So it's not <laughs> always roses, fairies, and hops. Yeah. But, but my attitude is life throws you curveballs. You can't change that curveball. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's thrown it at you. Only your attitude towards it can change because what you say and how you think defines your experience. So I can either let it get the better of me or I can choose to try and make the most of it. And whenever it's time for a checkup, whether it's with my oncologist or my cardiologist, I, I do get a bit nervous. You know, there's always that uncertainty. But I embraced life because especially with the heart attack a couple of years ago, I almost wasn't here. I had the heart attack sitting in my doctor's office, which is a great place to have a heart attack mm. if you are going to have yeah. one. Well done. And for that reason, I'm still here. And if, if I wasn't in my doctor's office, I wouldn't have survived. My daughters wouldn't have been born. So every day I look at them and I just appreciate the fact that I'm here. I'm, I'm in bonus time and I need to embrace it. Mm, I love that. Listen, Mark, do you have to go running off or do you want to stay on the line um, while I introduce our next guest? It's entirely up to you. <sighs> I, I do need to go. I'm, I've got a few minutes left, but uh, I leave it entirely up to you. Well, you know, I've I, got to dash off to Sun City now. For, <laughs> I have to uh, be on stage shortly. Well, in about three hours. All right. You are a mover. You are a shaker. But we're going to keep you on for one minute because I just want to introduce you to to our next guest, um, Robin Wheeler, who is a he's the founder of Entrepreneuring. He's a keynote speaker, business consultant, author on being yourself for a living, and he's just writing a, a book at the moment. He's, we're going to be talking about the title of the new book, but he also talks a lot about um, dying and living and that, you know, living with dying kind of gives you meaning. And I think it, it speaks a lot to what you were just saying right now, that you look at your daughters and you know that you may not have been around. And so every moment with them is truly precious. So, Robin, welcome. Great to have you on the show. Lovely to be here, Nikki. And welcome and uh, introducing you to Mark. Yes, it's good to meet you too, Mark, and to listen to your story. It's a um, a shining example of what I call being yourself for a living. I started doing this 22 years ago when I had an epiphany. Your three key words you use to introduce your show are that, you know, a kind of a, a flash of illumination and realizing that everywhere I'd come from was part of my journey, but I needed to shift onto a new level. Hmm. So that that turning point is a big part of being yourself for a living. And if you hear what Mark's story is, it was an encounter with death. And death brings life alive. You know, we we could live in a sleepy state of denying death and missing out on life. And so an encounter like that's what what been a turning point for Mark. And that's what brought him alive and now that change in his life is what he's been implementing ever since living Mm, his purpose mm. you know mark i I was actually talking to someone the other day about it and my husband left for work and i said to my sons guys have you said goodbye have you said goodbye to dad have you given him given him a kiss goodbye and they looked at me i said you know this could be the last time you see him and and i I don't want to i don't want to say that for my kids to live in fear but i want them to be so aware of how precious every moment is. I'm going to say to you, Mark, I mean, you, you talk about how precious it is. Um, do you, are you able to, are you able to share that with your daughters or are they still too young? The importance of, of really being in the moment. Well, I think they're a bit young. I mean, they're six and eight years old. I mean, I think that's the point of every single day we've got to kiss each other, hello, and kiss goodbye and give hugs and love. So my wife and I as well, you know, we, we always kiss hello and kiss goodbye. 
What I do do as well with my kids, and I've done that since, in fact, they were in the womb, I take little videos, little moments in the day. It'll be five seconds of video I'll snap on the iPhone, and at the end of the year, I put together about a 40-minute montage of their year hmm. as they grow up, but then also interacting with myself and with my wife, because one never knows if in a year or three or 10 or 20, I might not be around. Mm. I want them to always remember time with dad. Mm. So it's their highlight actually at the end of the year around Christmas time when when we give them their video and we all watch it on TV and it's always on the Apple TV. They they go back to when they were two and they can see what they were doing. And I always encourage people to do that because we're big into taking photos, but just videos, but not 30 minutes of someone, you know, a kid eating spaghetti at the table, just five seconds. And you try and montage that together. At the end of the year, you've got a great video of your kid. Mm, it's beautiful. And it's very, very meaningful. And it's very thoughtful. Um, it's, it's a conscious way of being and, and, and living. Listen, Mark, you've been so hugely inspiring. Thank you for coming onto the show. Um, congratulations for the anniversary that's coming up, the big 3-0. I think it'll be next year. You say it's 29 years now. And um, yeah, just we look forward to having you on the show once again, inspiring people who who listen in and and seeing what happens when you do live and you are living yourself and your truth and your everything that goes with that. So thanks, Mark. Awesome. Drive carefully. Thank Have a you, great Nikki. time Thank at Sunset. Thank you so much for, for having me. Apologies, it was a bad line. So I, I probably heard about 90% of what you said. So hopefully <laughs> I answered the right question. But thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to being in studio with you one oh, day having a chat again. Wonderful. I look forward to that. Take care, Mark. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Now, that's a true professional, Robin, someone yes. who actually cannot hear the interviewer but can sort of put it together and still answer correctly. Yes. He's a professional. Uh, what we can, what can we say? Uh, just like you are, You're doing the same <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, Robin, Robin. So I, I just want to go back to this, the subject, I mean, what Mark talks about, putting the videos together um, and having meaning. And he says, you know, I may not be around in a year or two years. And I just find – and I don't know if it's ever since I've started hosting the DL Link show. Right. And it's certainly not coming from a place of morbid sadness. It's coming from a place of aliveness and appreciation. Right. Because every week I have such a privilege of sitting opposite people who who talk about the, 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 the living into each moment. Because right. when all of a sudden you know that there could be an end, although we're all. I had Richard Wright on, on the show once who said, we're all terminally ill. All of us are. We just don't know when we're going to die. So I, I find it quite fascinating to live with that. And, and I know that that's something that you've been thinking about as well. Very much. I, I think that's the that's one key thing is that we, we're all uh, going to die. And the ability to say that calmly is, is a part of being more conscious. I think what I hear and what Mark was saying is he's more aware. He's aware of the truth. He's aware of the moment. He's aware of the love in the room, of the relationships, and he keeps capturing those um, and celebrating those things. And uh, one of the things he said is deal with all your emotions. I think a lot of illness comes from not dealing with emotions, living with a repressed lifestyle or um, having a lot of things inside you that you've never actually processed. So illness gives you a chance to face yourself and healing is actually about just unpacking all the baggage, clearing the blockage so that uh, intelligence and wellness can restore themselves. 
Um, so often for me, it's not a case of fighting the thing, but actually listening to it and working through whatever in you it's busy telling you and then healing restores, you know. But it really does give you a chance to be more aware, more conscious, and that's where humanity is shifting to, a more conscious. We can't carry on the way the world's been, mm. uh, so we need to shift into a new awareness, and that only comes in crisis. Mm. So people who've dealt with a life-and-death illness are actually more conscious people usually, and they've, uh, they're teaching us all what we all need to learn. They've been given the opportunity to wake up, exactly. to become conscious. Exactly. And you take this into businesses because you yes. talk about being conscious and how yes. are business people relating to this kind of topic, really? Well, like individuals do, they avoid it first. And then they fight it and resist it. And eventually something which can be a do-or-die situation where the business is faced with a crisis of uh, existence, you know. And the scandals are, are going to be coming out more and more in, in, the, in the marketplace. We've got a few at the moment where massive uh, accounting firms that you would never assume would be vulnerable are suddenly extremely vulnerable. And it's only in a do-or-die situation like that where the business actually asks those questions, just like somebody who's been given a diagnosis and then has to reevaluate their lives. And once you do that, it's actually quite a simple shift into mm-hmm. who you really are, what's true, what's real, be happy, be grateful, deal with emotions. The, the sadness is part of it, but death is inseparable from life. It's not some sad ending to life. It's induced the moment you're born. It's a holistic thing. So if you live in awareness of that, your life goes on to a whole new level of meaning, depth, uh, enjoyment, love, and that's what we all need. So businesses can make that shift too. Now, listen, it's easy for you and I to have this discussion in good health to talk about a be- what, you know, the idea of death, the meaning it can bring, illness, yes. reassessment. When you've been diagnosed with an illness and you know that you have a big I don't want to say fight because you've just said it's not a fight. It's something that you have to open to and learn from. But you have this journey ahead and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. So it is fearful and you you don't want to die and you don't want to go down that route. And so you're not open to letting the emotions flow because maybe the emotions that are flowing are are weakness or the fear. And and you don't want to feed that into whatever illness you have. Do you know know what I'm saying? It's, it's, It's so easy for us to say that. So for people who are... Who have been diagnosed, who are listening now, how how do they get to the point where they say, okay, I can listen to these emotions, I can allow them to to come out? Well, I, th- I think that um, the, the, like you talk about, my new book is about death, but it's about life in that. So, my dad died of cancer ten years ago, and um, just I. I was trained in psychology, um, an empathic person. So if somebody had come to me before that and said their father was dying or had died, of course I would know it was a big thing. But I had absolutely no existential reference point until it happened to me. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's the same sort of thing you're talking about. um, If somebody's well, you you don't know what it's like to have a life-threatening illness Mm -hmm. that totally reevaluates your life. But many of us um, have either been close to death or um, other people's death or have been close to people. I mean, in the room here with us, there are five of us, and um, there's an intimate uh, connection with, with illness. Cancer itself is, sure. is a very prolific thing, sure. Mark. So um, in that, we can learn from each other, you know, and I think my experience of being close to people 
um, that have been dealing with it is that um, initially you have that feeling that you've just described, a resistance, not knowing what to do with your emotions. Mm. Is feeling negative emotions actually going to feed the problem? But you're confronted with going through those barriers and mm. actually releasing. And, and the real courage is to be able to feel your fear or your, your grief. There's a lot of grief. And if you can actually weep that out, I mean, I wrote a thing a while ago that said, have you ever wept with every cell in your body? Sure. Because if not, how do you expect to be happy? If you're not feeling the pain, if you're not feeling the grief, how can you feel the joy? Mm -hmm. You need to be alive and you need to open those channels. And that's what being a human is, is to feel, to live. Mm. I can imagine some people saying, I'm so scared to weep with every inch of my body, with every cell, because I may not stop. Exactly. Well, do it until it stops of its own accord because sure, it's holding so back powerful, that, right? that dam of grief mm. is what is causing the blockage. And mm. to be able to just allow it, um, whether there's some sort of disease that's precipitating it or some sort of death, like an, an ending of your business going under or some sort of shift, if you don't let yourself die, and you know the spiritually awakened people say you must die before you die. Because if you die that first death, let all of the fake things go, let all the illusions go, grieve them, shed them, then your second birth is one you've given to yourself, which mm -hmm. is an awakening. And we're all going through that. Mm. When, you, when you've just said, you know, I'm writing a book about death, but there's a fascinating story behind that. Because, I mean, you came across a few people, you spent some time with some people, and so this, this book was born. Maybe yes. you can share that with us. Yes, it's, uh, the book, there's very much a sense of the book um, having its own life. Um, so various strands of my story Wow, having its own life Yeah, like a child, you know <laughs> yes. Like conceived and born and, and, and then now that I'm, I'm nearly finished it I'm just finishing the last edit And it'll go to print So then it sort of starts to exist on its own And you've given birth to it mm -hmm. But there are various strands Like, um, I mean, you've got some of my insights books there um, Six of them are out I've written 20 of those Or 21 nearly and last year I got to the end of the 20th one and I just realized that I was at the end of that journey. 20 books in a series is, is a good chunk of life's work. Great chunk. So I, I actually stopped and actively stopped writing so that something new could happen. And then my companion and I, who's with me on the, on the right here, she was on my left, um, we went to Thailand for a holiday in December and we met up there with someone called Simon Napier Bell, who was, uh, he went, managed Wham in the 80s and many other rock groups we spent a day with him and um, he he did for me what I do for people in my coaching sessions which is he's, we, we were creatively bantering and he just said to me there's your bestseller and I just realized sitting at the dinner table that um, this book had been hovering around in my awareness and this just precipitated it and I just started writing literally that night and came home and wrote it for five solid months and um, my companion Rashika here has um, just been given the clear. She she was in chemotherapy, um, so the whole of last year was characterised by going through that journey with her. Sure. And uh, so her encounter with death, us working through that together, um, the encounter with Simon, uh, my own life's journey, the ending of one era for me, all of these things come together. And with Simon having managed George Michael and him having died the year before, I think. George has had a hand in this whole in this, thing. Uh, in the book. Yeah. And so, yep, is he in the book at all? Yes. It's, it's, it's about uh, various stories weaving together. George, Simon, Rashika, myself, my dad. Uh, so it's my personal story. It's, it's very much a, um, a testimony to my own experience. 
but it covers um, a key concept which, if I had to sum it up, it would be how to be yourself for a living, how to embrace death, how to die, because we, we don't discuss dying. Mm. So actually how to face it, mm. be ready for it, both in terms of what you leave behind practically and in terms of where you're going. Mm-hmm. And I say don't believe where you're going. Be aware. Go and find out for yourself. Be conscious. Mm. Don't avoid it. Don't be afraid. It's part of life. Be Prepare yourself so that when it happens, you embrace it as the ultimate experience. And then because of that awareness of death, this is how you live. Because being yourself for a living is what, like if we use Mark again as an example, you reach a turning point. It awakens you to your deeper calling. You follow that calling. you practical, but you spiritual. You try, you go through challenges, you overcome those things. What well, looks like you're overcoming them, but the real triumph, as in healing from an illness, is not over the disease, but over the limited you that struggled with that disease. So you're triumphing all the time. you you climaxing in your life. It's an ongoing climax of, of self-actualization. So it's how to die and then more importantly how to live. This um, book sounds fantastic. I'm it glad sounds, it sounds And good. I know that there's a title that we're going to be <laughs> yes. announcing a little bit later, okay. but it really, really sounds, sounds great. I'm glad to hear that. Let's <laughs> take a break and after the break we're going to introduce our third guest and um, continue with just really insightful stories. So stay with us. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Thank you so much for staying with us. I'm Nikki Seberini, and this is 101.9 High FM, the DL Link show where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. Um, in the studio, we're just really discussing such interesting stuff. Um, Robin Wheeler telling us about his book, which we don't know yet when it will be out on the shelves, but I'm certainly looking forward to it, and we'll get to the title of that book. Robin being the founder of Entrepreneuring, Bentrepreneur, B. Be Entrepreneur. That's right. Be Entrepreneur. There we go. I finally got it. Be Entrepreneuring, a keynote speaker, business consultant, author on being yourself for a living. And I would like to introduce our next guest. She has been on the show before. And we're delighted to have Bev Dutoy with us. She is an ovarian cancer DL Link warrior. She is an angel. She has contributed so much to the DL Link with a cancer coping kit. Um, and she's a speaker and she does workshops and she's just sitting there with a smile on her face and this glow. And that's all I can say. Bev, welcome. Thank you. Great having you on the show. Lovely to be back. So, you know, we're talking about being yourself, Mm -hmm. right? And I came across a quote on your website, and it goes like this. Just in case you didn't know, I thought I would tell you. My awakening to who I really am has created in me an avalanche of joy, an opening of possibilities, and a deep sense of gratitude and awe at the mystery of life. And I read and I thought, oh, I love that. And it has so much to do with being yourself. You yes. know, when you really are yourself, you can open to all of those things. Yes. So, Bev, before you were diagnosed with cancer, you were aware of that world, right? I mean, what yes. were you doing before before the diagnosis? Oh, I was very much aware of that world, but maybe more from an intellectual perspective uh-huh. than from an actual experience. Um, so, yes, do, I was doing talks, doing workshops, and, and they were great, but I think that there was a 
a, a depth to them that was possibly not there that is there now, which is fantastic. Mm. So when you went from being, you know, the, going from the, the theory to really the practical being there, having to roll up your sleeves and go through that tunnel, um, how, how was that for you? I mean, were you consciously aware? Were you just in the mode of trying to get to the other side? Or were you very aware of everything you were experiencing in terms of because of what you were teaching beforehand? I think I was very aware of, of everything because of what I was teaching. And, and I must say, my, my gynecologist said to me, you're the first person ever that's convinced me of the power of positive thinking. Really? He said, I never really thought that that stuff worked until I met you. So very much put a lot of that stuff into practice going through my cancer. But the journey didn't, it's been a very beautiful, slow unfolding. It hasn't been a aha awakening. Right. It's kind of more been over the last 20 years that it's the depth has arrived, that it's not just an intellectual thing, but it's a, it's a soul thing. It's, it's, it's right really deep inside me mm. so but going through the cancer experience it's a it's a whammy mm. you know um i mean robin was saying when you're well you can't really imagine what it's like to have an illness where people say well listen you might or might not make it mm. and the in every in every adversity there are gems mm-hmm. and if you're willing to go and mine the gems then you turn the adversity around so for me, part of the adversity was facing death, and it was saying, well, then if death is imminent, what's important? Mm-hmm. I can't do anything about it because if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But what I can do is grab every moment and fill it with life. So I very much switched my focus from I don't actually care if I die, if I don't die. My focus has to be on what am I going to squeeze into the time I do have. And how was that with everybody around you? I mean, how did that affect your relationships with everyone around you? To be honest, um, well, I was pretty ill with the chemo, so there wasn't a lot of people around me. My mom was my uh, mostly my caregiver. Um, I had an amazing, very tight group of friends, and they just jumped onto that bandwagon. They were in their boots and all, positivity. Um, there was no doom and gloom. There was no, in fact, there was a lot of fun and a lot of what we call tumor humor. So tumor humor is very <laughs> funny. Um, it's where people make sure. jokes yeah. about cancer, and, and everyone who doesn't have cancer goes, Yes, and you can only you can only have tumor humor if you've had the tumor. Absolutely, and okay. it's hilariously <laughs> funny as you watch everybody turn pink and purple around uh, you. So yeah, uh, I was listening to Trevor Noah who had commented about the uh, French soccer team, yes. and he was saying, you know, it's not it's not it's an African team or whatever it was, and then the French ambassador was so upset, and and then he was talking about who can actually make the joke. He says, I can make black jokes. I can do it because I am. I mean, I can do it. It's like the tumor humor. I can't have the tumor humor. Yeah. Well, you can because it's really nice. I can appreciate it. And and also sometimes when you're going through something like that and and it is a tough day and you do have tough days and somebody comes in and and whammies you with with something absolutely off center and Mm. you can laugh, Mm. you go, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm, I love that. You know, thank you. So when your oncologist said, I never believed in the power of positive thought and now I do, what what did the oncologist mean by that? 
Um, how, how, how did the power of positive thought play? What role did it play in your healing? Well, I think every time I went into his office, um, I was just so upbeat. Um, and I think what really tipped him over the edge was when I went into remission, I went and had um, these really sort of Dr. Spock ears made. So you've got to imagine I've got no hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes. Mm-hmm. And at that the time, the movie Mars Attacks was being launched. Oh, yes. So I didn't tell my friends what I was doing. I invited everybody out for, for a meal. And there I arrived with these beautiful Spock ears <laughs> and my makeup done. And... Uh, and we went off to go and see Mars Attacks. And that was my celebration of going into remission. And I sent that to both oh. my gynae and my oncologist. And they were just like, why didn't you invite us? Yeah. <laughs> oh, a celebration. So, yeah. Yeah. Well done. yeah, I agree, Robin. Well done. I mean, that's just amazing. So now after on the other side of it and um, really practically experiencing going through what you were teaching beforehand, what does that bring to when you give talks now, when you, when you give work? You've heard Rob and I talking about death and, and talking about with death being there so you have more meaning or you, you were just saying it. You, you didn't want to – if death is imminent, then let me really enjoy my life now. How do you translate that to people in such a way that they can learn from it and, and, and not be paralyzed by it? I do quite a lot of work at the DL Link, which I love, um, with the cancer patients. And one of the, I can really see when the switch goes for a patient, mm-hmm. and, and we, we see it a lot in the terminal patients. You can either focus on what you don't have and what you're not going to have. I'm not going to see my son grow up. I'm never going to meet my grandchildren. I'm never going to, I'm never going to. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, what do I have? I've got three months, six months, nine months, a year. What can I fit into that? So how how am I going to do this time? And when the patient makes the switch, because there's nothing you can do, you cannot change what is, what is, mm. and they accept. And the acceptance is the key. Then they, you, you literally see them suddenly get this bolt of energy. Okay, I accept that, but this is what I can control. Mm. And now you're seeing them squeezing things into time and almost stretching time and almost defying the odds um, in, in that the, the, the prognosis is out by can be a couple of months, sometimes even a couple of years, mm. as, the, as the, the life force within the person comes to the fore rather than slipping into the depression and the negativity. Mm. And I see, Robin, you're nodding. So mm. let's take a break. And after the break, I want to hear what you have to say about that. Stay with us. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Walking with Warriors. Our guests in the studio, Robin Wheeler and Bev Dutoy, just before the break, um, Robin, Bev was talking about how she deals with cancer warriors and how important the acceptance is. And when acceptance is there, something else opens up and you were nodding. So I'd love to hear what you what you think about that. There are a few things that, that got me nodding. I think the, the one is the triumph of the human spirit. Uh, what Bev was sharing there, she's testifying to something. It's not intellectual. It's not knowledge in your head. It's ex- existential. You've, you've been through it. So you're sharing that, f- that gush of, of humanity, of soul. And that's what speaks to other people. You know, mm. that's what comes through. That's your brand. Mm. Before your brand was content. Now your brand is spirit. And that mm. is a transformational shift. So I was nodding at that. And I was nodding at um, acceptance. I mean, that's a fundamental spiritual principle in all the doctrines. 
You have to accept reality and accepting death, whether it's presented to you in, in an acute form or a threatening way or just a sort of fairly academic way, which is, yes, one day, you know, it's somewhere along. Well, that one day isn't far off, even if, I mean, what are 50 years these days? Mm. You know, 50 years used to feel like quite a long time, but mm. time has accelerated sure. and we're all very much in the now. And humanity is in a crisis uh, of indescribable proportion. So we're actually facing death as a collective. And we, you have to die psychologically to be born spiritually. That old you has to Is that to what that go. acceptance is? Yes. Dying psychologically to be born spiritually. You're yeah. also nodding, Bev. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, that's that's quite interesting. So Robert. your sense of self, your your ego self, or your mm. false sense of self, or what your parents told you, or your teachers told you, or your culture conditioned into you, that dies. Usually under duress, people have to go through a crisis. And then who, what's left remains. And that is the truth. That's a higher you. And those things that were holding you down in the past can go. You shed that skin, and something new is born. And who's to say that doesn't happen when we die physically? We all still have to find out. We have uh, different um, uh, religious teachings on that. We have different beliefs. Everyone has a different opinion. But the fact remains that we still all need to find that out. So um, it's it's what it's how you approach that again with acceptance, with understanding, with insight, with love, with openness, embracing what we do have, you know. And then it's living in the moment, which again is a primary spiritual teaching: be here now. Mm. So many people say very difficult to be here now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same as being yourself. On the one hand, it's the easiest thing. I mean, how can you not be yourself? On the other hand, every great teacher, whether it's Shakespeare or Buddha, or they've all said, be yourself, know yourself. That's the ultimate human achievement. So that's a paradox. It's, kind it's like of, the theory and then becoming the spirit, yes, right? It, it's, well, it's the difference between again. theory and spirit. Uh. Or, um, everyone can – the thing now is information is uh, everywhere. We, you, you just scroll through your Facebook feed and you've got all the truths of all time in front of you. It's do you claim that knowledge as power? Are you living by it, or is it just in your head? Mm. And that's the that's the qualitative shift that happens. That's Absolutely. transformation. That is wow. So, Bev, um, a cancer coping kit. You helped develop that at the DL Link. What what is this cancer coping kit? So, the cancer coping kit is an audio program for newly diagnosed patients. It's got four aspects: what is cancer, its treatment and diagnosis, the emotional impact. Uh, nutrition and cancer, and then how to celebrate life when you're going through cancer. So it's fantastic. It is really, really we fantastic. really researched it very well. It's available in English and Afrikaans and Zulu and Sutu. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really lovely program. And yeah, if anybody is needing one, they can also just contact me, and I'll I'll get it off to them. Um, do they? Is it like going to a library and you take it out for a period of time and give it back? How does that work? No, um, there are MP3s, downloadable MP3s, um, which I'll guide them to. Okay, fantastic. So, Bev, if people do want to get hold of you, do they do it via the DL link or do they contact you directly? Either. Either one is fine. Okay, so you'll give us your contact number near the end. Okay, lovely. Robin, I... I, I I'm dying to know, um, <laughs> sorry, the title of your book. Okay, well, I'm, I'm excited to announce it. I'm a bit nervous. Um, but when, hang on, when did you come up with the title? Is it At the table in Pattaya oh, in Thailand with okay. Simon Napier Bell. Yeah, we were, we were bantering. And I just said, well, and I said what I'm going to say in a minute or two. Okay. And he went, that's your bestseller. And I, I just paused with this awareness that he was right. right. 
And um, I came away and wrote it. So it tackles the two big taboos in the world, death and sex, and it puts them together. Death and sex. Yeah. Oh, it sounds juicy. Hey, Beth. <laughs> Beth and I just Love looked it. at one another. I'm looking confused. She's looking very excited. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. The, the title of my new book is Death is the Ultimate Orgasm, Handbook on How to Live and How to Die. Sure. It'll be out I don't know if October. I have anything to say after. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Death is the ultimate orgasm. That's right, yeah. So um, firstly, framing death as a positive thing. Mm. It's something to look forward to, not something to fear. Uh, that uh, embracing death is the way to embrace life. And in embracing life, your life is an ongoing journey of um, key themes, key um, Strands weaving together. So your life purpose, your ancestry, where you come from, that calling you've got in your, your heart that if you don't fulfill it, you're going to die unfulfilled. Um, where the universe is pushing you, what's happening in the world, like Mark being of service to people, um, spreading his message when he's in the media. He's, he's uplifting society, very much uh, Bev's magical teaching as well. So all of those strands weave together and your life is in, it's got its ups and downs. But that's just the the mechanism of duality making life happen, left, right, in, out, hot, cold, up, down. That's duality. But it's a story weaving together, which all, if you live it right, is being yourself for a living. And then your death happens all the way along the way. And ultimately, when it happens at the end, it's the, the biggest climax. The ultimate freedom. The ultimate there you go, freedom. the release, the freedom. <gasps> Robin, Living in freedom. Please, will you come back onto the show so we can talk about the book? I'll do that. Is it for adults only? I'd say you've got to be fairly grown up. So do I have to give my ID book? I'd say at the door. If, if you're kind of into your teens from then onwards, you know, and you I think mind. it sounds fascinating. So. I just, I love, I love being able to talk about this topic. I really do. It, it's because it's, it's about life, actually. Exactly. It's, it's, it's ultimately talking about life. Yes, Robin, you were going to say something? Yeah, it's, and it's just in, in, it's in, in vernaculars that people understand. Yeah. Music. Um, being with someone who, when my, when my dad died, I was at his side. And I say to people, if you can be near death, embrace it. If someone close to you is dying, embrace that because being with someone who dies is the most beautiful experience if you can face those feelings and mm. go through those barriers. Sure. So it's all in the book. It, it'll make you weep. It'll make you laugh out loud. And I'm so happy that you're looking forward to it. I'm really I'll, looking forward I'll to it. I'll be back then. I'm very we'll interested on. in that. Thank you, Robin. Robin Wheeler, you, great having you on the show and looking forward to the book. Um, and Bev, so lovely having you on the show. People want to get hold of you. How do they do that? So it's very easy. It's Bev at bevdetoy.com or my phone number 076-158-5827 Fantastic Bev at bevdetoy.com and all your contact details are there. are there also all your talks and your workshops and all the incredible work that you do Oh, you've, you've lit my soul today so thank you both it's been wonderful having you on the show thanks Lee for putting a great show together and thank you for tuning in every week it is indeed a delight and a pleasure from me Nikki Seberini until next week take care goodbye this is Lifelinks with a DL Link.